This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Hello, Second Wind. Welcome again. Again, I have a wonderful woman for you. I say this every time, but every time it's true. And today uh, I have someone that most people know, Kelly Grace O'Connor, for her advocacy in the senior industry, senior care industry, and her commitment to elder rights. However, Kelly started out as a model. She ended up in Japan. She actually graduated from the University of Santa Monica with a master's in spiritual psychology. Uh, she became a young marketing executive who actually helped build one of the most well-recognized brands for fashion in industry in the world today. I still have so many things. But however, in 2010, Kelly says that's when everything kind of crashed down around her. Everything kind of suddenly changed. And she had to transition again. And that's a really good story. We're going to get into that. We first spoke back last January of 2021. It is now October 2021. And it and has taken since then uh, with another, another transition time for Kelly to get into now her next breath of her second wind. And it's really exciting. And she's really jazzed about it. And uh, what Kelly is doing now combines everything she's done between her marketing, cause-related marketing skills, her bringing community together, giving people a voice. Now she's the host of Golden Easter Social Club Podcast, which is really neat. She also is um, doing a legacy life coaching part of this podcast. And the podcast is interviews with 70 plus year olds and sharing their stories to inspire others about the possibilities of living a full life in elderhood. And then the coaching part of it is to help people who want to rediscover a life worth living. And it's just kind of like the next step from second wind. So it's so exciting for me. We know some of the same people, inter we're interviewing some of the same people, and it's just so neat to watch this, this transpire because uh, truth be told, Kelly, back in January, you didn't know what was going on. You were kind of stuck and and you just didn't know. And you're like, we're going to have to put this on hold. I just don't know what's going on. And when I saw you post about this podcast, I said, here we go. <laughs> this, is well, it. Wendy, this is it. I know. And I'm so happy to finally be here. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to do it. So welcome to Second Win, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have just been in awe at your podcast and really been inspired with your guests. So it's really an honor to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's let's jump in, shall we? 
there's so much to unravel here. Your onion has many, many, many layers of really, <laughs> really interesting stories. Of, of I mean, you've got you're like that cat with nine lives. There's just so many different. You were you were here, then you were there, then you were here. So let's start first with this new venture. This the biggest breath into your second wind. Yeah, I'm so excited and. In my career as an elder care consultant, you know, I, I supported over a thousand families in the middle of crisis where mom had either fallen and broken a hip or there was um, a dementia concern and all of a sudden the family's rushing in to take over and trying to help families make really empowered decisions. And what I found through that process is that the crisis was escalated because families had not had a conversation earlier and had not Mm -hmm. done any of their planning earlier. And so that's what I've done is I sort of backed up my work a little bit to support families so that the the crisis isn't so severe and they can just handle the situation um, at at the point of, of crisis, what needs to be handled, and really to help families have empowered conversations ahead of time through proper planning. And that's really what that legacy life coaching is about because so many people, they've been concerned about their parent for a long time mm-hmm. and th- many years. And so if we can have those conversations earlier and really help the person in finding their own support, then everyone is going to benefit from that. It is so needed. I have watched my cousins struggle that with that with my aunt and my uncle, and then they had all the care in. And when do you move mom from the house? Do you just keep the, the care coming? And I think my cousins would have benefited from your services to kind of guide them. Cause even though they've moved her, she has advanced Alzheimer's. There's, there's so much guilt and they just don't know. And was it the right time? Should we have done it earlier? Should we have done it later? And what you offered people, ah, oh, amazing, such an amazing service. Yeah. Really. And I, I love doing it. And again, what I found is that if we can have those kind of conversations earlier in life, like if I were to have any cognitive concerns, what would I want to have happened with me? And what do I want to happen? And then to have those conversations with the agent serving under power of attorney um, so that they know ahead of time, wouldn't that have relieved so much guilt for your cousins to know no mom, you know, wants to do this. Mom has stated, this is what she wants. Now, trust me, everyone wants to die in their home. Mm. Um, They always say, I'm going to go feed first after my delicious meal surrounded around my family, but life doesn't always work out that way. And so, you know, there's a reality check to what can we afford? What can we do? What do we want? What are the capabilities of the family members to be able to serve them? And so again, I'm really trying to work with people earlier in life so that they can have these empowered conversations so that when that crisis happens, which most time it does, everyone in the family is empowered and you can relieve some of the drama and all the family family dynamics, yeah. but also that guilt, that personal guilt of I'm putting my mom in a nursing home. It's what everyone says. And it's not that way. It's really being able to provide them with proper care. Right. And there's just so many moving parts that you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Right. It's, it's really one of those situations that you just don't, there's so many pieces to the puzzle. There are. And you were were able to kind of gather it all and make sense of it and make it very 
easy for them to follow, which is great. So, so, okay. So now what are you doing with that? Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm doing legacy life coaching. So I have coaching groups for uh, people that are 70 plus um, so that they can really talk about living um, the legacy that they want to leave in the world. And part of it, you can live an exemplary life, but if there's a crisis there at the end, it's going to take people a long time to really sort through that crisis after you're gone to really be able to do their natural and normal grieving of having the loss of you, you being there. So we're right. really backing that up and then also celebrating those that are leaving, um, uh, are leading a longevity lifestyle. That's all the things that we aspire to be. I'm 55. So those of us in our forties, fifties, and sixties, like, what do we have to look forward to? So we're really on the podcast. We're going to be celebrating, um, those people that are living amazing lives. We treat them as one-offs because we have this negative view of aging. But the truth be told is there are some amazing people doing amazing contributions at all ages. And we're really celebrating those who've celebrated uh, 70 years plus on the planet. Oh, I love that. It's so, I, so I, I'm listening to you and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to piggyback on you. And the younger generation is going to piggyback on me and we're just going to have it all come together. I love it. And all give us that, that sense of understanding why we're here, the purpose yeah. and, and living in our highest self. So, oh, I just love it. All right. And then the podcast. Yes. So I had a, I had a previous podcast and there was one segment on the podcast called hype your grandma. And it was people that would call in and just say, oh, my grandmother's the best. You need to interview her for this. Or my grandfather is one cool dude. Like you need to interview him. So what we've done with this podcast, it's called Golden Nisa Social Club Podcast. And what we've done is we have taken that one segment and made it into an entire wow. show. And so we're talking about some really important things about life. We're talking um, real life, not just you know, the, the nice, clean parts of life. We're talking about the messy stuff too. Uh, we're talking about love. So there'll be a romance sex, uh, section on there as well for those who want to dive deep into that, but also um, about the love that we have for family, for community and so forth. And then again, we're talking about longevity, their secrets to living a long, healthy, vibrant life, and also legacy. What do they hope to leave not only in their family, for their family, but also in the world? It's really the stories there are so heartwarming and really give us the younger folks, 55 for me is really young. And uh, it gives us some uh, things to aspire to uh, in our lifetime. Well, there's so much to learn from these stories. Yep. Oh, that's one of my, my goals is to go around and talk to people about, you know, what, oh, what is their secret of life? Kind you of should, we, we should get a van. And you and I can go around and you can interview the adult children and I'll interview the older adults and we can do this oh. duel. Wouldn't that be fun? Okay. I already have been researching bands. Like I'm already, I'm already there, but I would love to have you come along. There's no way my husband's coming along. Okay. Just for the record. That would be super fun. All right. We digress. Let's, I like it. Let's think about it. Let's move forward. So what I want you to share with people, because your story is amazing. Let's start off 
with who is Kelly Grace. Ah, uh, well, who am I is I am constantly reinventing myself. Yeah, because it really goes back to uh, what is life all about. So I have this one life. So what are the things that I want to do? And I decided as a very young girl that I was not going to get married and not going to have children um, until later life um, because I wanted to explore the world. So that was a, a decision. And I, you know, grew up in the 60s, 70s and early 80s in the rural South. I lived in a teeny small town and a lot of my friends were getting married to their high school boyfriends mm -hmm. and and so forth. And I just didn't see that for my life. Um, I really wanted to explore the world, explore myself. And then one day I would settle down. Well, that's exactly what played out. Oh, how funny. <laughs> I, I didn't know that, but that's exactly what played out. Um, because if I ever did become a parent, I wanted uh, not to regret any of the time and the things that I hadn't done. I wanted um, to be able to devote my full time and attention to family. Now, I didn't have children. And, um, and I've become more okay with that, but I see, um, my contributions to the planet aren't through little human beings. My contributions really are to other people's families, to helping them be as healthy as possible. Well, it's really, I mean, I'm really glad you were able to do that because yeah. you, I, I, the amount, the number of people you've helped thousands. Yeah. And now you're going to help even more because your reach is going to be that much further. With yeah. The it's. It's going to be fun. And people always ask me all the time. It's like, how did you go from the one? How'd you get in the fashion business from being a, a small town girl? And then how in the world did you jump from fashion to elder care, which is quite yeah. a jump, which is what we're going to find out right now. But before you got into fashion, you became a model, correct? Yes. So and that was by accident. Yeah. Tell that story because that's cool. Yeah, because I decided I went to school for two years and I essentially failed out of school. You know, I, I had horrible grades my, my first semester, but, you know, I worked my way up to a C average and um, I just <laughs> decided <laughs> work so hard for those. This isn't the right thing for me. You know, it isn't yeah. the right thing for me. And my mom said, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, an MTV had just come out a few years earlier in the eighties and I was mesmerized by MTV and the fashion industry and my family, we had been to Europe and I cashed in all my savings bonds so I could buy a punk rock makeover. And, oh my you know, I, I was like, so into all of this. Right. And so what happened was, um, I told my mom, I said, I think I want to organize fashion shows. Now we lived in a little small town. We didn't even have a mall like that. that that's how small our town was. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I went to the next town and there was a modeling agency there. And I said, you know, this is what I want to do. Well, lo and behold, I was really skinny and really tall. And I got picked up by the third largest agency in Paris within a matter of weeks. And I had no even idea about the modeling industry or anything about it. And I'm whisked off to Paris. Now, I wasn't successful as a model. Um, so, you know, I wasn't on any covers and I wasn't in any major magazines or so forth, but it opened my eyes to the possibility of what this industry was. And I could finally, for the first time, see myself there. And mm -hmm. then a, a year later, I went to Tokyo. And so I lived in Japan for a while. And, um, on my way to Japan, I laid over in Los Angeles and fell in love with LA. And so 
that's how, you know, there's this web of life that gets woven for us that we don't even see at the time. Right. That's right. what was happening right in front of me. Oh gosh. Okay. And you went, so you went through the modeling, like the one agency just sent you off to Japan, right? So you were still in that world. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it exposed me to all sorts of things. I mean, a lot of the nightclubs, like I can tell you all the nightclubs at that time in Paris and in Tokyo, like I was having a ball, but it really exposed me to sort of the back end side of the fashion industry. Okay. And um, so I really saw myself more on the business side of things. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got into um, marketing. Okay. So you then left Japan you said you had two choices. <laughs> when you decided to leave Japan, it was either. I said I could have uh, been a uh, call girl. I don't know what they what they called it, but it Woman was like hire. Oh, yes. it, it was a, it was called escort. That, that's what it was. An escort, yeah. And so you would have these businessmen that would come in and there was this whole thing in the nightclub circuit and so forth. So I could have chosen that. Um, I didn't do drugs. And so. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't in that world. And so I was just like, okay, what do I do? So I came home uh, to the States and, um, I landed in Los Angeles. Okay. And that's, and then how did you go now you you're landed, you're in LA now what? Well, I was in LA and I was working in the modeling industry on the, on the business side of things. Okay. And then you may not know this. We may not have discussed this, but then my mom got breast cancer. Yeah. Yep. And so I moved home Mm -hmm. and I was taking care of my mom and my two grandmothers who lived with us at the time. And so my whole life, you know, my mom was my best friend. Like my mom to this day, um, she died in 1993. And to this day, I still just... I just miss her so much because she would love everything that I've ever done in my life. And she would be right here alongside with me. She was your cheerleader. Oh, she was. She was absolutely. And she loved, she was, she sewed my prom dress and my, my sixth grade graduation dress. Like she loved everything about uh, fashion and design as well. I think that's where I got it from. Okay. Okay. So you came home basically because your mom was diagnosed with cancer and, and you were with her. Yep. And helped, I would imagine. And, yeah. and then how that and she go? was sick. Yeah, she was sick for four and a half years. And uh, one of my grandmothers at the time moved to a continuing care retirement community. I helped her move um, there because she knew she needed to be set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and continuing care retirement community, they have independent living, assisted living, um, memory care and a skilled nursing. So it's mm-hmm. really a, a contained community, which is great. So it was a great choice for her. And she was a very active, uh, engaged person. And so she lived in their independent living. And then my other grandmother, who was my mom's mom, she didn't want to move. She wanted to be there with her daughter as, you know, her daughter, my mom was, um, you know, experiencing her last days on hospice. And so after my mom passed away, then my grandmother decided that she would move to um, our local place uh, where she could live at the retirement community. And so I helped her do that. And my mom had made arrangements for a small trust for her mom's care. And so, you know, we were able to support her through her passing, which was another year and a half after that. So it was a lot. And again, there's this web weaving through your life 
I just thought it was a bad period of life. I was like, boy, that really sucked, right? Yeah. That was a bad part of life. And so I went to Atlanta for a few years as I was taking care of my grandmother. And I was just waiting to get back to LA because I felt like that was my real life. Okay. And, but I didn't know that years later, I would be supporting families going through crisis. I had no idea that that's right. where I would end up. Right. I heard a saying, um, I think Jen Couch of Sober Sis said it. She said, God illuminates when, when he puts down the flagstone for you to step on to, to, and he illuminates your path, just each flagstone. Because if, if you could see what was coming, you might not, it's not anything that you could imagine. And it's always better than what we think we can imagine. And you found yourself back in LA. Yeah. And I just picked back up where I thought that my life should have been. And what I didn't acknowledge was in looking back to see what the web that was being woven for me and that I had this unique experience, not an enjoyable one at all of my mother's extended illness and taking care of my grandmother. I never saw that as having value. I just thought it was a bad time in life, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I was just going to brush myself off and I was going to start again in LA uh, working in the fashion business. So what did you end up doing when you, when did you, did you get right back into the fashion business? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was a publicist and, um, and there was a small company that I started um, doing some consulting work for. And, um, and then all of a sudden they were going to bring their public relations in house. And so I said, well, if you're going to do that, can I apply for the job? And so, um, I was able to, to do that. And with some amazing people, we helped build a really big company and we opened a hundred stores around the United States and 40 markets around the world. I mean, it was really like, wow. So I thought life was back on track, right? Right. Like now I'm, now I'm in the groove. Like this is where life is supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. And you're earning money and And people are knowing your name and you're doing good stuff. Yeah. And I'm at, you know, Bryant Park in New York for fashion week. And I'm at, uh, premieres of movies in Hollywood and, you know, was in charge of celebrity relations. And so I've met everybody under the sun at that time. And, um, you know, it was fun. Like it was fun. It it was what I always thought my life should be that I envisioned as a young girl growing up in that small town and watching MTV for the first time. I really felt like I had arrived. Okay. Well, you're riding that wave. How does, how does it change again? Well, it changes because if you remember me saying that I never wanted to get married and have kids, all of a sudden I'm in my late thirties and it's like, you know, I should probably rethink that. Like maybe (laughs) now's the time when I'm supposed to do that. And so I married a great guy and we moved, uh, we decided that we wanted to not raise our kids in Los Angeles. We wanted to move to, um, to Colorado. And so we moved here to Colorado and we had really high hopes and, started a business here and, you know, bought some investment properties and everything. And then all of a sudden 2008 hit and Mm -hmm. we really, between 2008 and 2010, we lost everything. And all you were like more, you were like buying, you were real estate. Yeah. With the mortgage. Yeah. And it, it was just a total, it was just a total disaster. 
Right. And, um, and then, you know, rather than tear each other apart, uh, we decided to separate, um, and just figure it out on our, on our own. And we're still really good friends, but I see so many couples that they just tear each other apart and it was no one's fault. It was the economy and our own reaction to that. And some of our decisions along the way, Um, But anyway, you know, I I really found myself in a new city that I didn't know hardly anyone here. And I had to rebuild from the ground up. So it was, you know, again, here, here we're riding the wave of life. You know, we, we buy into this idea that it's going to be the fairy tale. And when we meet the guy or when we make it in our career and all these kind of things. And it doesn't always happen that way. At least no, not there, in, there's in my other experience. Yeah. The minute you plan something, it's like God starts laughing. So tell tell everyone, because then at some point you decided that you're, you're someday. Mm-hmm. I did. I just said, okay, like this is as bad as it gets. I'm at rock bottom. <laughs> and what do I do? And so that's when I decided it was my someday. Like all those things that you say, oh, one day I'm going to do that or someday maybe I will. And so the first thing I did was um, I volunteered for hospice and there is a professional training program to go through and become a professional hospice volunteer. And that's what I did. Oh, wait, let me ask you, why hospice? Because my mom went through hospice and I just said, I always said someday I'm going to give back to hospice as a thank you to all the nurses who supported my family uh, when my mom was sick. And so I was like, okay, I guess this is time. I got time. (laughs) You know, I guess I'm going to volunteer. And I had no idea what that would become. And that's really how I started to build my life back again, was having these conversations with older adults when They've got nothing else to lose because life is here in their last final days, months, you know, or weeks. And I was able to have some really extraordinary conversations with them and their families. And it really helped me envision uh, a life beyond my own crisis, Mm. which I really saw that, that my life at that time and even my life now is the middle of a longer story. It's not the end of my life. It may feel like the end of life when we're going through the crisis, but it's not the end until it's the end. And really having those kind of conversations with people about what they envision for their life and what they they want, where their regrets are, the people they love, what's most important. That's where I really started to get reinvigorated in my own life uh, by serving others. Uh, So how did you go? So you're you obviously are finding way more in volunteering that you had ever imagined. And, and here you are gathering this information and I'm sure it's filling up your soul. And then how did that turn into career? Yeah. Which again, I didn't know. I, you know, my career in, in marketing was, you know, pretty much gone. And so what I, what I did was I started journaling about what I felt, how I felt elders should be treated in society and what I thought about life and what I wanted for my own life as an older adult and what I saw this future beyond my crisis. And I even named myself. 
I, I called myself a goldenista. I was going to be a fashionista in my golden years. And I started oh, wow. really envisioning and, and talking to my, my, my older self and having my older self talk back to me. And, and it was really this beautiful exercise. And then someone said, you know, you should probably be in senior living. And I thought, wait, I'm not, I'm not old enough to move into senior living. And it was like, no, 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 you need to do this for a career. Like there's some, there's something here. And that's when I went and applied for a job and I was making $12 and 50 cents an hour, if you can imagine. And, but I learned the industry from the ground up. And again, it was these conversations, not only with the older adults, but with their families that all of a sudden it clicked in. And it was like, this is why, this is why I've led the life I've led. Like this is, this is when I could see, you talked about the paving stones. This is when I could see all of those stones sort of come together. I call it the, the through thread, you know, the thread that runs through the web of your life that you don't, you can only see in the reflection when you look back. Wow. Gosh, that's amazing. That is, ah. Okay. Okay. So, and and let's say, how old were you at this point when you're going back and you're basically starting from scratch? I am. And I was 45 years old. And by that time, um, my other grandmother and my father had passed away. Uh, My father had Parkinson's. My grandmother was lucky to live a a long life. She lived into her nineties, but they had both passed away. So I was the oldest member of my family. And here I was having to reinvent myself with no parents or grandparents, uh, no husband. You know, I have two brothers that I love dearly, but they're in very different industries than I am. And it was just like, what do I do? And it's really where I rallied the, the wisdom of my clients and also my friends. My friends became uh, my rock during this process. They always have been. It's good to lean on your friends. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, important. Yep. I'm actually going to do a whole show on importance of friendship oh. as we as we get older and what it can do for us. But let's keep going. All right. So you already named yourself the Goldenista. I did. That's that's kind of interesting because did you ever think it would be the name of your podcast? No, I didn't. But but that's I did. Crazy. I wrote that. I wrote this in the journal, and so I started you know talking to people. You know, this was over ten years ago, and so. Yeah. I started talking to, you know, my uh, clients and and older friends. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm going to be a golden. They're like, I'm a goldenista too. Like, I don't even have to finish the sentence. And what I found, like, this is through this process of serving families is I found that we're living older and older. So longer and longer, right? And so people born in 1940, they only expected to live 62, 65 years. And we have over 8 million women now that have lived 20 years beyond that and are still living long lives. So we don't have a vision for the future. And so that's really what the the Golden East Social Club is about, is about creating this new model for elderhood, this new viewpoint of it's between retirement, it's before death, but it's this new life stage that's been created. And so the Goldenistas themselves, uh, we are going to build what that model is um, through being really great examples. That is so true. And I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. It's like it's a blank canvas. There's, it's just, it's just, it's just kind of been created. 
this place, right? Yep. For, yep. for now, all these people. Um, it is. And I'm actually doing a TED talk uh, in December um, on this very topic. It's this, it's what do we do yes. um, with a long life isn't necessarily a good thing unless there's right. purpose and contribution and a role for older adults, for anyone of us in society, unless there's something for us to do, what is the point of living a long life? And so uh, it's really highlighting uh, people that are filling that role for themselves, um, but also envisioning what that could be in a way that we aspire to, to later life. And there's a reality check, right? Our bodies change, um, our circumstances change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are some of the realities but those realities of later life come with the benefit of getting to live a long life. And again, my mom died at 52. She wasn't given that benefit. And so how do we maximize our time here on the planet and contribute as much as we can uh, to our families and the world? I think that's what it's all about, right? Oh, absolutely. Kelly, this is amazing. What you're doing, you're spearheading something that is so necessary because there's so many statistics about when, especially when men retire and their life expectancy based on, what is it like three and a half years or something after they retire? Because that their whole life was wrapped up in, in that was their identity. Yes. And as we're, as we're circling around here in, in the 2020th years, people are starting to say, well, I need to expand, you know, make the pie pieces more equal in my life. And enjoy more things. Women whose kids go off to college and they do the now what? Yes. Right. And I, and it's almost the same thing. That's just 20 years, 30 years later, the now what's, but there's nothing about that out there to answer those questions. Correct. So that's what my clients and I are doing. It's, it's been a secret society, but I think the word's getting out that we're not so secret anymore. But the way people treat aging, they treat uh, being old like it's contagious. And we really have to protect our mindset from that old age mentality. And that old, little old lady and little old men or little old person, it's the only box that exists today for people to fulfill. And so they're resisting it at all costs. And sometimes it's to their own detriment. So, so what we're trying to do, it's like, no, we don't want to be around the people that are complaining about life and that are talking about the woes. Yeah. Things change. Life is tough and it can be tough at every age. And the future is shorter for folks that are in later life than it is for folks in younger life. Like that's a reality of life, but what we do with that time, that's the most important uh, peace and having those conversations with our families and our friends about what we want. That's really what brings us together as a community. Gosh, so needed. It's so needed. Plus I don't want to see, and I know you're working on ways to make sure that the wisdom isn't lost. And that's, that's sort of what you're sharing on your podcast is sharing the stories, the wisdom, the, the experiences. Yes. And I think as younger people, we know better, like we don't want wisdom. And with all of the uh, changes that have happened in technology, you know, younger people are learning faster in a lot of ways and, and things are changing really quickly. 
But what we've seen over uh, 2020 and here in 2021, we've seen this intergenerational bonding where younger people are now appreciating their grandparents in a whole different way than they've ever done so. And so there's this whole trend for grandfluencers on TikTok. And so what we've seen is that um, younger people are recording stories and the funny things that their grandparents say. And that's the kind of vibrancy and aliveness that we're really trying to highlight on the podcast. Uh, Yes, 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 yes. I can't wait to listen. It hasn't launched yet. Uh, But by the time this comes out, it will have launched. So tell us all the ways we can find you. So you can find me um, on, I'm on TikTok. I love TikTok. And that's Golden Easter, uh, the Golden Easter podcast is, um, is our handle. And then I'm also on Facebook and I'm not very active on Twitter. I need to really look at Twitter. Um, But again, professionally for business um, reasons, I'm on LinkedIn and um, really any social media, Instagram, I'm just learning Instagram, but I'm a big Facebook user too. And the name would be at Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Grace O'Connor. O'Connor yep, C-O-N-N-O-R. Kelly. O-R, O-R, yep. And, or on Golden East uh, Social Club. And now you have a website. I do. Yeah, for my legacy life coaching um, there, it's called My Legacy Life Coach. So for anyone that wants to either join one of our groups or have some private coaching and uh uh, as we as they move along in their in their later life, that's available too. All right. So here comes questions that I love the most. Okay. That we, that we end off with. So how do you, Kelly? I mean, you've had to, you've been all the way down. You even you even said it to me earlier. There have been times in your life when you've been at the rock bottom and everybody says, well, just pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. And you said, where are my bootstraps? Yeah. Like who even knows where to find them when you're going through a personal or professional crisis, you, which you is can't... what was happening to you the last year. Or exactly. So. Just turn yeah. that smile upside down. You've got all the, you know, skills, yeah. gifts, and talents, and you're going to make it and it's okay. It, that's not helpful, <laughs> right? It, it's saying it. <laughs> it's not helpful. And it really was my friends that said, Kelly, we believe in you. And I know you don't believe in you right now, but we believe in you. And they really loved me and held my hand and supported me along the process. And it was funny. One of my old roommates, she said to me, um, I said, yeah, isn't it shocking that I ended up here? And she said, not at all. You and your grandmothers loved each other. And I said, yeah. And now I have all of these amazing older adults uh, around me that I get to interact with all the time. She said, I'm not surprised at all. That's amazing. Sometimes our friends can see something in us that we aren't willing to see. Yeah. And and they can, they can really just point it out to you. And you're like, oh, wow, you saw that? <laughs> I didn't really see that. That's awesome. And my next question is, how do you keep yourself going forward every day? Like there's days, right? When you're overwhelmed, I know there's a lot going on for you in other aspects of your life. How do you stay? I mean, you're gorgeous, you're beautiful, you're kind, you're considerate, you you are serving others constantly, very selfless. You are a very selfless person with a lot of passion and energy. Uh, thank you. How thank do you, you keep that going? 
Well, it is because I have a mission and it's not something that I created for myself. It's something that was gifted to me because I begged and prayed. I was like, during my toughest times, I'm like, I need a mission. I need a purpose. And this was gifted to me. And I recognize that. And so as a thank you for the gift, this is what I get to do. And my clients call me forward. I do not have to find motivate motivation to keep going. Uh, they call me forward. And that's the part about being in alignment um, that I really appreciate. And I didn't have that before. I just had these dreams of, you know, this fabulous life and what it could be. But I wanted something with more meaning and I wanted to contribute at a deeper level. And here I am. <laughs> I love that. Your clients call you forward. That's exactly what the stories do and the women I'm meeting. I love the way you said that. Yeah, like listening to you, it, it calls me forward, I guess, is a good way to say it. I, I totally see that. That yeah. is so amazing. Yeah, and you found that for yourself. Because again, I've watched you for over a year now and uh, listened to your podcast and seen how you've grown and seen your commitment grow uh, to sharing people's stories and inspiring others. And that's what happens. And that's, you know, when you've clicked in to that lane, you, you recognize it, you know it, and there's nothing that can stop you. And so that's the encouragement that I have for anyone who's going through a tough time is to ask for that to be revealed to them. Because I believe that the web has been woven for every person and it's our responsibility to really look for that and find it. Oh, so well said. Words of gold, Kelly O'Connor, <laughs> Kelly Grace O'Connor. Gosh, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing all of this uh -huh. and your story. And I can't wait to listen. I am so excited. I know you've got other things coming that we can't talk about yet, but we will. <laughs> and, and I know a lot of the same people are crossing both our paths, which is super exciting and, and just really neat. And I'm just so grateful you coming on and not even knowing who I was and just getting a, a, my name and saying, sure, I'll talk to you. Well, and second wind, I was all in. I'm like, <laughs> I get it. I understand. And we all need a second wind uh, in our lives. And you're providing that for so many people. So congratulations on what you do. Well, thank you, Kelly. Well, thank you so much. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, Go ahead and breathe in your second wind.